Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What were you just listening to? You didn't hear? Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Some say he's incredibly handsome. Others say he's the most handsome. But everyone says he's the wizard and Sherry. She was Oklahoma's junior miss, second runner-up to America's junior miss. She spoke out against human trafficking and she yodels. Did you want to know that? And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Hey, everybody. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with us today. We got yeah. everybody together. We got Bob. We got Max. Hello. We got Doc. Sherry's not here for this next few minutes. She's got to do some doctoring on Kevin. He's still in the, under the weather a little bit. Uh, right. But, <laughs> boy, it's been tough. That's a tough deal right there. That's a tough. Not that being is. able to get around. It is tough. Stuff yeah. on her and tough on him, too, I'm sure. Um, before I get it started, <clears throat> let me mention the new contest we got. You know, everybody that's couples, Valentine's, this wonderful time where they're doing candy and all this, you know, and going out to eat dinner with your sweetie. Well, not everybody's got a sweetie. So we've decided to do a little something for the single people at the Bob and Sherry Show. And we're going to start this contest called I Love Me Contest. And all throughout the month of February, we'll be drawing winners to receive a me party box with delicious treats like vanilla chocolate chip scone mix from the scone goddess, a main Needham sampler, a Netflix gift card, and good bit more. You can find all of that at bobandsherry.com. Now, on a serious note, for all you people that drive, <clears throat> Bob and Max, Doc, me, everybody's listening do we not all love to turn right on red? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've been turning right on red as long as I've been driving. And it's just become a rule of the road. And if you don't do it quick enough, somebody's going to be blowing the horn behind you. And the the widespread driving practice is now coming under some scrutiny. And it's facing government uh, looking into it. They think maybe it's too dangerous. Years ago, really? yeah, <clears throat> years ago, Ride on Red was mostly limited to California and a few Western states. Uh, in, in his in the movie, Woody Allen famously declared in Annie Hall that he would never live in Los Angeles because the city's only cultural advantage is that you can make a right turn on a red light. I mean, that's how <laughs> yeah. what, what a big deal it was. I remember that. I remember that. And, and, and right on red spread across the country in the 70s in response to the Arab oil embargo against the United States, and we were having mm-hmm. to ration gas. So states mm-hmm. introduced it as a gas-saving measure. The theory was it would reduce idling at red lights. Well, 
banning right on red is not really the greatest thing for, for pedestrian safety, okay? Because uh, if you're on the corner and the red light is showing and you've got the hand saying walk and I pull up there and I look a couple of ways and take off, I could run over you, you know? I mean, it's easy. It's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so it could happen. And so if you stopped it, it might prevent some pedestrian and car accidents and, and some really busy intersection. And so, and it's something the United States does that most other countries don't do. I um, didn't know that. It, Is that yeah. right? It, well, most other countries drive on the wrong side of the road, so we ain't going. We ain't gonna do what they're doing. <laughs> no, not uh, most. <laughs> Only a few do. Actually, most everybody arrives on the right side of the road. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Atlanta, with all of its traffic problems and everything else, they've got a big anti-right on red proposal. Uh, that the lawmakers are afraid that it would lead to congestion during major events in the city. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cause people are coming, there are all kinds of big events going on in Atlanta and people don't mm-hmm. want to vacation in a city that's got major traffic jams. And right. I don't think about it, but if you've got, think about all the traffic in Atlanta, all the possibilities of turning right on red. And if you take that away, I guess it could cause some traffic jams. Uh, but the yeah, people that, yeah, the people where, that are where fired. I go ahead. I, I live at the beach, and so yeah. there are a lot of visitors here 12 months out of the year, but especially during the summer. And if you are going right on red, you have to look two or three times and make sure there's not some people with children on bicycles. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're on vacation, you know, you're in a new place, you're really not, you're having a great time, you don't pay attention. And so you see that it's your turn to walk, but this dude, like you were describing, can turn right on red. You can drive right into a family. That is obviously a horrifying thing to have to deal with. Uh, I can see both sides of the coin on this yeah, one. Here. I can't how, how do you I, I, how do you feel about it? I don't want to give it up. I, I don't want to give it up. But I, I understand. Yeah. Listen. Listen, I understand the whole idea about traffic being a problem. When I took the kids to London many years ago, I almost got killed a dozen times because I'm looking for the car coming in the other direction. I'm thinking the coast is clear and it's bearing down on me because I'm looking the wrong way. So I can see where this this might be advantageous, but I'm glad I ain't got to make the decision. I'm good to go. I don't think they're going to be going with it. All right, we got morons in the news. Y'all drive carefully out there. Morons of the news coming up. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, when emojis first came in, I uh, didn't embrace them right away. They just kind of looked childish. But I have to admit that I use them all the time right now. And I'm very excited that more than 100 new emojis are going to be arriving on smartphones Within the next few weeks, Apple's confirmed they will have 118 additional emojis on iPhones in the very near uh, future. The latest additions were given the green light by the Unicode Consortium. That's the central bank of emojis. Did you know there was a central bank of emojis? I had no idea. I did not know that. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I didn't, so yeah. I'm looking at some of the new ones, and I think they've come up with some pretty good ideas. The fresh arrivals include two shaking heads, a lime, a phoenix, a brown mushroom, a broken metal chain. I don't, I don't get that one. I don't know what that would refer to. 
Oh, uh, breaking four, chains. Yeah. You're breaking chains. Break, oh, oh, you broke a chain. Bre- you broke freedom, away from freedom. Yeah, yeah. Freedom. Yeah, maybe yeah, a yeah, habit. Yeah, right. or, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, That's actually a very good idea. You're right. And four gender neutral families. Uh, they have a hundred people facing sideways in a range of skin colors and genders, including some holding canes and others in wheelchairs. And I'm looking at the ones with the folks with um, canes and the folks in wheelchairs. And I can't believe that they haven't had one of these before. Because there are a lot of folks that have, uh, you know, yes. challenges, disabilities. Uh, there's an emoji of a, a guy sideways who's on his knees as if, I guess he could be praying, which uh, I have not seen before either. I think that's all good stuff, you know. You would you would think that uh, somebody who is in a wheelchair would like to see an emoji. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I didn't notice it was missing. But I can't imagine right. why it has been missing. Yeah. Which uh, ones do you guys use the most? For me, it's thumbs up. And I know it's a real cliche. It's just, for me, it just works so easily, especially if you've got a conversation going on with somebody, you know, somebody you haven't seen in a while and all of a sudden you're connected and, you know, it's fine. Hey, Randy, good to hear from you. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. If you hit that thumbs up, that pretty much ends it at least I've found. So I use that one a lot. I use the uh, smiling sun a lot. Obviously, the smiling faces if something nice has happened. I don't use the sad faces very often unless it's ironic. I, <clears throat> I text Max. Max and I text a lot, and Max is very funny, so I use the laughing face all the time. Uh, so my, I'm looking at my top ones here, smiling face and then the face with the kiss, course to to my girlfriend right. then i thought next, that was the one you were i thought you were sending me that I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm, in fact i think i did send that to you one time <laughs> yeah. but then the next biggest is the eye roll <laughs> so the is eye roll right? is a pretty is big right? one that i offer quite often so yeah really and then yeah. I have the smiling, the smiling sunny face. Fingers crossed is my next one. And then the next one is the moon looking to the left. So those are my biggest uh, yeah. emojis. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Lamar? Mine's, Which ones do you think okay. you use the most? My top three are the thumbs up um, and a heart because I text Carla a lot. And the smiley face and... Then I've got the the smiley face. It's got the weird looking eyes, like uh, lines, like circle lines, like oh my, you know, like crazy eyes. I said that, that to somebody just yesterday. I can't believe you yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah. that one is and perfect. Use, You're just out of control. Your life is out of control at the moment. I use the one with the sunglasses because that lets everybody know I'm very cool. I make sure I, I, a lot of times I end my statement with that because they know that I've just said something that's important and I'm cool and, you know, seems to be working for me. I've got the heart, the thumbs up, the smiling face, the crazy eyes, just like the uh, one you had. I've got a lobster. I've got a four leaf clover, a Christmas tree and uh, those and a present. And those are my type. Oh, yeah. And the uh, the smiley face guy, but he's vomiting green. 
He's vomiting green. Have you seen that one? That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 100 new ones coming our way. All right. It is Bob and Sherry. Morons in the news is sponsored by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't be a moron. With morons in the news. This is in Great Britain. A senior anesthesiologist fell asleep in the operating room during a medical procedure. Thomas Herbst is 61 years old, and he nodded off moments after he put a patient under who was having a procedure for his shoulder. A misconduct hearing is being held, and they're trying to find out how this happened. He said that, uh, well, I had some coffee, I felt fine, but then he began speaking incoherently and repeating himself to colleagues. Later, outside a changing room, he was said to have struggled to complete a timesheet while in his scrub trousers, which kept falling down. Dr. Herbst, who worked as a local doctor in an orthopedic center, initially denied falling asleep, but later admitted, I may have closed my eyes. I think I was daydreaming or just slightly snoozing. I got to tell you, if I am under... I don't want the guy who put me under slightly snoozing. <laughs> I, I am I so glad. On point. I am so glad that this was not in morons in the news in the beginning of last month because my husband would not have agreed to go for his surgery. Yeah. yeah. yeah that yeah. would have been the last straw, wouldn't it? Yeah, that yeah. would have been a lot. All right. Mm. Well, I got, a, I, got a, I got a wide awake man in Tennessee. Uh, Joshua Garvins, uh, he was 26. He's charged with aggravated robbery following the incident at Champion Auto Sales in Memphis. An employee at the dealership was trying to sell a vehicle to Garvins and took him on a test drive. The employee told police he felt uneasy because Garvins was acting sort of peculiar and strange. Police said as the employee got out of the car, Garvins demanded the keys. When the employee refused to hand them over, Garvins allegedly threatened to kill him according to the authorities. Whoa. The two got into a physical altercation during which the suspect pulled out a gun. Witnesses hmm. told police the two wrestled over the control of the gun, and that's when shots rang out. An arrest wow. report states that a bullet hit Garvin's in the neck, and he ran hmm. off, but he didn't get far. Garvin's was quickly taken into custody by the Memphis Police Department, and a mugshot appears to show Garvin's with a bandage on his neck. <laughs> As for the employee... He told uh, the newspaper that he wasn't injured and he's just trying to move forward from the situation. Garvin's is set to appear in court on Monday, and I'm still not sure that the altercation didn't involve maybe a discussion about undercoating or that extended warranty. <laughs> the I'm clear not co- so sure. The clear coat. The clear yeah, coat. Exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. He wanted the clear yeah. coat. Yeah. yeah. I've had some I've had some car buying experiences where I thought maybe you could just shoot me in the neck. I don't know. Then I could go home. I feel like I've been here for an entire week. All right. I love I love being able to say these words. We have got the video. And we have this video thanks to a stunned and speechless bystander whose eyes bugged out of their head, but they still managed to hit record on their phone. This happened in Oakland, California. And this video is wild to behold. Um, a group of thieves 
hitched an ATM to the back of a van with a rope and then floored it, yanked the ATM out of the ground and dragged it down the road with sparks of flying. This happens about once a year, I swear. I think last year we had the exact same story. What happened to these guys? Well, um, they apparently got away with it because even though it was 7.30 in the morning, even though the sparks were flying and the thing was, I mean, when you see this video, you'll be like, what? It is just dragging and scraping along the road. Police um, got the video from the bystander. They've been able to arrest one of the suspects, but the rest are still on the loose. And Uh it's unclear what, if anything, they were able to get out of the ATM. But, you know, we're the real winners here. Even if they didn't get a nickel, we thank them for their service because this is some kind of video. (laughs) And we're going to post it up right now on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up on today's show, we have true crime time. Jealousy is a terrible thing, especially when it involves you coming after your man with a pillow. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Raymond Robinson was only eight years old when he was severely injured in an electrical accident. The incident left him so disfigured that he spent the rest of his life avoiding being out in public during the day choosing only to go on long walks under the cover of darkness. Story spread of an elusive, disfigured man wandering the streets late at night. And so began the legend of Charlie No-Face. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. During a Universal Studios panel with the Oppenheimer stars and director Christopher Nolan, Florence Pugh revealed that she and co-star Cillian Murphy were filming their sex scene when it was awkwardly interrupted. In the middle of our sex scene, the camera broke. She said, no one knows this, but it did. Our camera broke when we were both naked and it was not ideal timing. In the film, Pugh plays Gene Tatlock, uh, Oppenheimer's communist lover that he cheated on his wife with. The story follows Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, and a group of scientists as they rush to complete the infamous, infamous Manhattan Project, which culminated with the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Pugh, who did not earn a nomination, said she made the very best out of the blunder on the set. This is my moment to learn. And she recalls saying at the time, uh, so, so tell me, uh, what's, what's wrong with this camera? She said, you just have to make your moments. I'm like, uh, what's going on with the shutter there, buddy? How, how are you coming with that? And, and, That's and, and what what's, a nightmare. What's really, what's really ironic about this is this is the first sex scene in a Christopher Nolan film. He's never had a sex scene. He's never had to handle one. And Nolan, for his part, said, when you look at Oppenheimer's life and you look at his story, that aspect of his life, the aspect of his sexuality, his way with women, the charm that he exuded, it's an essential part of this story. So I had to include it. 
that doesn't mean right. he's comfortable with it, but he had to include it. So I guess wow. they, I guess they uh, eventually got the camera fixed and things started back rolling. But I can imagine how awkward that must be. Just I don't know. Looking were they, off into were the they distance. just hanging out? Were they just yes. hanging out in the bed, or did they? Uh, yeah, did they, they were just you know, waiting. Yeah, they, they, wow. they stayed where they were because they thought. Yeah, it, I don't yeah. think it took long, but I'm sure it was pretty right. awkward. There you go. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is true crime time. Man, jealousy. Jealousy is a terrible thing. I don't have the exact number. I don't think anybody could. Of the crimes and awful things that have been done because of jealousy. And today's true crime time is that. So we have a woman. Her name is Bertha Yalter. She is 71 years old. And she has been charged with attempted murder because she tried to smother her husband of many, many years with a pillow after a fling from 60 years ago sent him a text message. Okay? Mm -hmm. 60 years ago, he had this fling. Here comes this message, and Bertha is so jealous and so out of her mind, and she admitted to the entire thing to the police. She said, yeah, I did try to smother him with a pillow. And the husband said, she definitely did try to smother me with a pillow. But he wants the charges dropped because he said, look, we got into an argument. It did get out of hand. She did attempt to smother me with a pillow, but there's no reason to charge her with second degree murder. Let's, Nobody's you know, perfect. Let's, you know, let's let that go. <laughs> Meanwhile, the state's attorney for Florida said, excuse me, she also admitted to urinating on him. So if you look at the totality of the circumstances, wow. you know, we've got a lot going on here. And the husband's like, ah, she's a firecracker. What are you going to do? This guy needs say, therapy. This guy needs therapy. He has the worst self-image. My goodness. I got to say, though, like, what a husband, you know? And But oh, no. also, Bertha, girl, your jealousy is out of control. This was a fling from 60 years ago that took place in Turkey. So let's, let me, help me with the math. That would be 60 years ago would be like in the 1960s, right? Right correct yes the 1960s that is the last century that's how long ago this and it was a fling it wasn't even like this long-term affair where he was crazy in love he did you dirty bertha he did 60 years ago but you (laughs) you have to admit sister that peeing on him and then trying to smother him with a pillow might be (sighs) overreaction let's discuss Lamar, could, could you, if you loved uh, someone, let, I'm, I'm not going to bring up Carla. Let's just move her away. But if if you love someone, you know she's she's your girl, mm-hmm. but she's kind yeah. of a crazy girl, right? She's crazy mm-hmm. girl, and she tried to smother you, and then went on you, or vice versa. Let's let's just say the smothering part. If she tried to smother you, is there a way for you to get? beyond that and just say eh, nobody's perfect I, I got listen I can't be in the same house much less the same bed no yeah no yeah, no 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 once you've tried to once you've tried to smother me mm. uh, 
no. You're done. No, oh, no. is that the Do deal that. breaker? Noted. Yeah, that is the deal breaker. That is oh. the deal breaker. Oh I'm not a I jealous. Hate to, I hate to be. I hate to be stuffy about it, but that is the deal breaker. It is. I'm not a jealous person. Um, so I I can't imagine like smothering Kevin over this. But also, I think it would be very difficult for me to break potty training. I would not do that either. Like this is Bertha is. Uh, <laughs> if they do end up dropping the charges, and the state attorney for Florida said. Absolutely no way are we dropping these charges. She tried to kill him and she attacked him and she did these other things. And the husband's like, ah, what are you going to do? Women, am I right? But Um, the state state (laughs) says it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. It's if you did the crime, you got to do the time. That's just how it works that way. I'll tell you what. The other thing is if she says you're pissing me off, you know, heads up, watch out because she's really very mad. My girl is very literal. Bertha is very literal. Right, exactly. So you know what's so sad about this? Um, Is that these people have had this whole lifetime together. And no marriage is perfect, right? We know that. But they've had this whole lifetime together. And here in their golden years, you know, in the home stretch, we've got an attempt at murder charge and all of this insanity. Folks, jealousy is a terrible thing. And if you are the kind of person like Bertha who's so jealous that you would nearly kill your, your person over it. Mm-hmm. I know nobody wants to get help, but it might be time to get you some help. Get you some better help. It's online. You don't yeah. have to leave the house. Like, <laughs> take yeah. some steps. True crime time. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. I think most people know what The Onion is. It's a fake newspaper that has been around for, what do you think, Sherry, 20 years now? Probably oh, no, longer. Long. Longer. Maybe longer. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's online, and it's hysterical. I mean, you look at the headline. I don't, I don't go over there anymore because the real news, sometimes you go, that can't be. But the the yeah. onion is very very clever, and I don't know why, but I remember one of their headlines that popped into my head just the other day, and I'll tell you why. The headline was: "Local man says you just can't beat a cheeseburger," and there's a picture of you know, of a guy, and and we were talking about this many years ago, and and I thought you know it's a funny line, especially set up. Local man says you just can't beat a cheeseburger. But the, that's it's true. Sometimes you, unless you don't eat meat, you can't eat a cheeseburger. I took my grandson to this carnival in in our town uh, a little while ago, and they have jump houses, and of course they have food trucks. And there's this one food truck. Three people work in there, and their specialty is cheeseburgers. That is their specialty. And I've been eating cheeseburgers all my life. I don't eat much red meat anymore. But if I do, it's probably a cheeseburger at a place that I really trust. And uh, I'm very particular about it. So, you know, I'm there. Mary's looking after Christian. And I said, I'll go get us some food. And I saw the special cheeseburger. This is our special cheeseburger. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go with that. I said, let me have two of the specials. I got to tell you, it was the greatest cheeseburger of my entire life. That's bold. And I'm sorry. That's bold. I, I know it. That's a bold I know statement. it. C- can I can I describe you what they do? Yeah. Um, go ahead. They they grind up some sirloin. So it's it's sirloin uh, steak, 
that's ground up. And then they have special sauce, a, a white sauce. Usually I do not like a special sauce, but I said, you know, just go with it this time. And then on top of that, there is shaved ribeye, almost like, like a Philly cheesesteak. So it's the ground sirloin with a Philly cheesesteak sort of meat on top of that, the special sauce, some onions, and a piece of cheese. And onions, it's raw, wait a minute, onions, raw cooked, or grilled? Cooked, cooked, cooked onions. Yeah, grilled. Oh, yeah. Okay. And a soft hamburger. You know, sometimes you get a hamburger roll and it's cold and it just ruins the whole experience. They're steaming it right there on the truck. Soft. I bit into that thing and my head exploded. When I finished it, and Mary, um, you know, who's not a big cheeseburger eater, she said, this is unbelievable. I'm so glad you got this one. I went over to the guy, the main guy in the truck, and they're sweating and they're working so hard. I said, excuse me, it was the greatest cheeseburger of my life. His face lit up because this particular cheeseburger he lives for, and he knows how good it is, and he takes every one of those compliments to heart. I've never had anything quite like it. And I guess it's the combination of the high-quality meat and two different meats that just combined. I, 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 can you beat that, Lamar? You, you like cheeseburgers. Now I've got to go to this. I got, see, you've done put this in my you head come now. To this I, won't truck. Re- I, I won't rest till I get to that truck. I, I love a cheeseburger. I really, really, really do. You have one of those outdoor grills because we went and visited you at a campsite and you were working the grill. You could make one of those things. You're good enough on that grill. Ah, Yeah, the the mixing of the meat is a deal. I just found out, I got a buddy of mine, he goes to the grocery store and he goes and and picks out different cuts of meat. And then he takes it to the meat guy and he gets him to grind it up. So he picks his own meats and gets the guy at the store to grind it up. And then there it is. Nominate a teacher at bobandsherry.com to win a trip to Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida from Visit Florida. Yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Nissan. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Mary Kringles. Everyone else have really annoying flatmates. Mine is obsessed with cage fighting. It's all he watches. You know, cage fighting where two people just stand in a ring and beat each other up. It is so violent. I much prefer the lesser known sport. It's where two people just like stand in a ring and face off for a really long time. Yeah, it's called Nicholas cage fighting. (laughs) So uh, I'm on Tinder because, you know, single busy millennial and all that. And I'm on Facebook dating as well because I um, hate myself. Yeah, like I don't know if you're aware of the differences between Tinder and Facebook dating. Like Tinder, it has to be mutual, like you both have to agree. Facebook dating, on the other hand, is literally no person's land. Like, did you know that anybody can just send anybody else a text? And if you respond, it is an instant match. Dangerous, right? Yeah. You would not believe the amount of disgusting sexual text messages that I was able to send, um, (laughs) like, before I got permanently banned, yeah. 
really quite impressive. Yeah. For a, for a long period of time last year, actually, I was single and unemployed. And what surprised me the most was the similar trajectory that these two things followed. Yeah, you know, you start out, you're like, oh, I'm gonna wait for something really good, something that is worth my time, something that values me, hits a tipping point, and you're like, I hope the next thing that f***s me gives me snacks. <laughs> like Montreal men, Montreal employers, they're really just looking for the same things, right? You know, somebody who's willing to travel 30 to 45 minutes, minimal return, who isn't going to steal? <laughs> Problem. I can't guarantee I won't steal. Like, I'm a white Australian of British descent. I'm, I'm sorry, like all of my ancestors were sent to Australia for stealing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if you know what we did when we got there. We stole the land and um, the children, actually, we also stole the children. But I know you get me, Canada. I know. I know you understand. Same. Yeah. So I think uh, I think everyone on Tinder has like a quirk, you know. One of my best friends, she likes to Google the star sign compatibilities between her and all of the matches. You know, watch out for the Scorpios. Me, on the other hand, I'm far more practical. I hate spiders. So what I like to do is research the regional spiders of that area, just like in case I ever have to go there. I, I've never had to go anywhere. Yeah. But I matched with this one guy from Venezuela and actually it said, there are four native spider species in Venezuela. Please note, however, Spiders do not have to adhere to the territorial boundaries of man and therefore are prone to travel. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty dumb, but I can guarantee that I've never for one second thought that all of those spiders in banana cases have just, like, forgotten their passports, <laughs> you know? Like, I promise I don't lie awake in bed at night thinking about all of these teeny tiny spiders running to their teeny tiny airports. <laughs> or, dare I say it, uh, itsy bitsy airports. <laughs> I actually saw a spider in my house the other day. Yeah, he, he was Canadian. He was wearing like a flannelette shirt and he apologized to me. But I was very distressed anyway. I ran out on the road and I called my friend. I was like, what do I do? There's a spider in my house. Do I move? Do I set fire to my house? And he said, bless, you're from Australia. Australia's filled with spiders. Yeah, no Australia is filled with spiders. Why do you think I live here? Like, burn my house down, burn the country down, you know? Even God biannually is arguably trying to burn the country down, right? 2024, who knows? I actually told this to one of my Australian friends recently, and he was like, Mary, my dad died in the Australian bushfires. Yeah. You know, 
And unfortunately, I just panicked and said the first thing that came into my head was your dad a spider at least? <laughs> a daddy long legs? <laughs> anyway, I want to leave you with the very best message that I ever got off of Facebook dating. Hey Mary, you seem pretty cool, but I want you to know that your tattoos are terrible and you're gonna regret them when you're older. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so I asked up, I had to say something. I'm like, listen, mate, that's pretty presumptuous, don't you think? I'll have you know that I regret my tattoos right now, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much, I'm Mary Kringle. Mary Kringle will get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. It's Love Month on Bob and Sherry. That's true. But even so, some of us are blue. Bob and Sherry have a way to take the blues away with a celebration just for you. It's a box with socks that are cozy. They're sure to warm up your teeny little Toesies, a mask that will calm and moisturize your skin, and the Bob and Sherry swag you've been dying to win. We also include some scone goddess scones, which will take the sting out of being alone. We've included delicious Maine Needham's, those cute little candies. With your free Netflix gift card, you'll definitely want them handy. It's a me party from the Scone Goddess, May Needham's, and the Bob and Sherry Show. We're picking a winner every day, so come on, don't be slow. You can register now for the Bob and Sherry Me Party package on the contest page at bobandsherry.com. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I think this is going to cheer up all Americans, and especially residents of Florida, the Sunshine State who are so tired of a Florida man stories. So last year in the country of Wales, they had 414,149 911 calls. And of those, almost 69,000 were not emergencies. So if you're thinking that this kind of stuff only happens in the U.S., think again. Um, One call was a person demanding an ambulance because they said they had eaten too many kebabs and were not feeling well, didn't think they were going to make it. <laughs> Here's another one who uh, called 911 and said, can someone swing by and help me find my dentures? Here's another one. 911, my hand is stuck in the letterbox on my front door. You know how some front doors have that little slot? Yeah, a little slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, an, another one that was a good one is they called 911 and, uh, the person said, I've got my ring stuck on my finger and my finger is turning black. And then my favorite is someone called 911, but the operator couldn't really understand what they were saying because the person had lost their voice. They had laryngitis and I guess mm-hmm. that had never happened to them before. And mm-hmm. so they thought that it was a medical emergency. In Wales, they are getting an average of 188 calls per day that are not emergencies. So now they're having to put out a public service campaign to explain to people how 911 works. That if you had too many shish kebabs and your tummy hurts, (laughs) it's probably not a 911 call. 
And if your hand is stuck in the letterbox on your front door, probably not a 911 call. So see, it's not just us and Florida man. It's not right. just you. It's right. Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So my daughter Olivia bought an old landline phone at a thrift store and plugged it in because part of her cable includes a phone number. And when she calls me on it, it sounds like she's calling me from a windowless interrogation room in the basement of the Kremlin. <laughs> but people do still use the phone and you can pick up yours right now and call us at 844-52-SHERI or you can grab up our free app in uh, Google Play or the Apple Store and listen to the show and the podcast and do a gazillion other, does so many tricks. And tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk and the app will do all the work for you. Hey, Bob and Cherry crew. So something happened to me um, the other day at the gym. And honestly, it was like the most interesting thing that's happened. It didn't happen to me. It's something that I witnessed. It was the most interesting thing that's happened in a while. And I just I just have to tell you about it. So I'm on the treadmill taking a walk. And this girl, two treadmills over from me, taking her walk. Well, all of a sudden... I hear something clatter to the treadmill. I look over. Her phone dropped. All right. No big deal. She reaches down to pick it up before she can do that. Her phone got caught in between the treadmill belt and the foundation of the treadmill. Yeah. Didn't stop there. Sparks flew. The treadmill caught on fire. Everything started smoking. Everybody jumped off their treadmills, and she's freaking out and stepping away from the treadmill. And it was honestly so interesting to witness because you saw human nature play out in front of you. The only person that jumped into action... Was probably this 30, 40-year-old guy who went and grabbed the fire extinguisher, put out the treadmill fire, unplugged the treadmill, told her to step back so she didn't breathe anything in. And meanwhile, the people that are, you know, staffed at the gym are just like, oh, dang. And everybody (laughs) is just standing and staring. This is an example of fight, flight, or freeze. And I froze, and I'm so ashamed. I also felt bad for her. Oh, I, listen, I'd go to the gym every day if I could be guaranteed this kind of excitement. I think there are some people that have gym memberships, and they realize that they hate it so much, I think they would actually drop their phone down there to stop it. Um, Just, yeah, to get off the damn you know, Yeah, that's crazy. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen, I mean, I've seen, who hasn't seen some stuff, you know, at the gym, but to see a treadmill catch on fire. Now we have to take a moment and feel for the woman whose phone dropped and caught on fire. Doesn't that feel Bob, like something that would happen to you? Like you would make a commitment to fitness. You would get yourself a membership. You would go. And the second day you were there, you would drop your phone and it would catch everything on fire. That just feels like a... it feels like a Bob thing. That's why I, I uh, have an Apple Watch now, because I just don't want to lose that phone. I, I, I don't want to leave it somewhere. That just goes to show you how dangerous exercise is. It's dangerous. It, and that, too. Yeah. 
Exactly. You got to be very, very careful. My Apple phone, I sort of like and I sort of don't like. And you, you had one for a while, didn't you, Sherry? My Apple Watch. Apple Watch, yeah. I mean, um, I I did. I got it as a gift, and then um, my daughter wanted an Apple Watch so desperately, and I'm like, you can have an Apple Watch when you got an Apple Watch money job, and she was, you know, 14, so that was unlikely. And I let her wear my Apple Watch. And it's really funny because sometimes I'll say, hey, um, can I have my Apple Watch back? This is years ago now. Can I have my Apple Watch back? And she'll, she'll get this faraway look in her eye and she'll go, remind me about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's code for, mom, no. even God doesn't know where your Apple Watch is. Yeah, <laughs> so- right. <laughs> I get frustrated with it. You know, if I don't have my uh, my regular uh, phone with me and, and the call comes in and I hit it, um, it's so low, the sound, that you have to hold it, at least I do. And I'm sure there's a way to make it louder, but not that much louder. I have to hold it up to my ear. And if you, br- if you uh, brush against your cheek, it'll, it'll disconnect immediately. And now you've got to call somebody back and you've got to say, hey, I got my uh, my Apple Watch going here and blah, 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 blah. So I've got to love hate with that thing. And plus, if if you bang, like if I go like this with the Apple Watch, automatically, did you fall? Should we call, you know, an ambulance for you? Could you please tell us whether you fell or not? It's a good thing, but it's an annoying thing at the same time. The, the Apple Watch didn't work for me, and for embarrassing reasons that I'm just going to go ahead and confess. For starters, um, my eyesight, I can't read the text messages on the Apple Watch. It's just too it small. It is hard. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. And then when my phone rings, I tune, like, as my phone is ringing, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder where that noise is coming from. Well, girl, it's coming from your pocket. Like, I don't even register a ringing phone. When my when my Apple Watch would alert that a call was coming in, mm-hmm. like either I didn't hear it or I heard it and tuned it out and didn't register what mm-hmm. it was. And I don't want to talk on the phone for any reason at any time to any person for more than 30 seconds. So I'm really not going to want to walk down the street talking into my wrist. And that brought me to the only thing my Apple Watch was good for was as a as a fitness tracker. Yeah. A fitness tracker so the fact pretty that, good. Yeah, so the fact that my daughter and the Lord knoweth not where my Apple Watch is <laughs> is probably not the worst thing. Right. All right, coming up. There are four things, and I hope you're not doing all four of them, but there are four things that are making you so much less happy than 99% of people. If you could eliminate even one of them, this could be, 2024 could be your year. It's coming up. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. You guys, something happened to me this morning when my alarm went off that has never happened to me in my whole life. And I never dreamed it would happen to me in my whole life. Okay, here it is. Are you ready? My alarm goes off and I'm currently using one of the... um iPhone like sound. So it's like ding, 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 doo, 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 ding, 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 that kind of alarm. Right. So it goes mm-hmm. off and I, I slap the phone to make it turn off. And then this voice in my head said, Oh, this is Super Bowl week. I woke up excited for the Super Bowl. 
And I have never in my life, like typically people say things to me, like every year of my adult life, people are like, you go into a Super Bowl party this weekend? And my answer has always been, not if I can help it. <laughs> like all I care about is the commercials and the halftime show. And even that, like I'm half in, half out of it. But I am going to watch a football game for the first time in my life and not just the commercials in the halftime. And that, my friends, is the Taylor Swift effect because I'm a diehard Swifty. And now I am a diehard member of the Chiefs kingdom. Like, I'm so excited for this game. (laughs) This is unimaginable to me. This is absolutely unimaginable. This, Bob, is the equivalent of you waking up to your alarm, turning it off and going, there's going to be congressional testimony today about unidentified (laughs) aerial phenomena. I can't wait. That's how shocking this is for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's uh, amazing Mm. the effect that she has. I always pull, I've got one team, I'll pull for the Panthers and I'll also pull for any team that is in a very cold weather, gritty uh, place, you know, I'll pull for Detroit. Detroit's make as a city is making a really big comeback right now. I had a friend of mine who was just there for a conference for something and said, you would not believe how cool Detroit is right now. I never thought anybody would say that, but I'll pull for Detroit. I'll pull for Baltimore. I definitely have been pulling for the bills in Buffalo and just seeing, I, I always tune into a game. If the weather is bad in Buffalo, because those people will show up for a night game in a blizzard with no shirts on. It's just, those are real fans. Those are not Chardonnay and cheese fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I have such respect for the fan who stays a fan through the hardest of times, like Max with the Panthers. Right. Max is going, he's never going to abandon his team. They could be dropped down to Pop Warner level, and Max will still put his jersey on and watch the game. I have respect for those kinds of fans. I just don't like. I didn't play sports. I I don't. I'm not into it. I live with a f- college football maniac, and you know I hardly pay attention. College how many times are they going to show? Is my her? excuse to run wild, right? How many but How many to- times do you think they're going to show her in the Super Bowl? Just one shot. She was on for 0.24% of the playoff game. I don't know what and that is. How many it's shots? nothing. Not much. It's nothing, yeah. in other words. They'll show, they they'll, scan they'll cut the crowd to the anyway. Yeah. They'll yeah, cut they to the suite. The crowd. Can I say, I hope that if he catches a touchdown or makes a big play, they do show her. I'm expecting it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. It's like with they you. show the parents. They show the parents of college players. Or they wives. Show, I mean, why? Yes, exactly. It's sports, but it's also show business. That's what it comes down to there. The NFL knows that. I think Max is right. If he scores or there's an amazing play, they go to her. But I don't think they go to her more than twice. If you actually It's not going to be a drinking It's not going to be a drinking game thing. If you actually watched the last game, she was not on screen very much. None of which, by the way, she has any control over for all of you Swift haters. She has zero control over that. But you know who else is in that box? Um, 
Travis's brother, football hero, superstar Jason Kelsey is in that box with or without his shirt on. Yeah, his beautiful wife Kylie, who everybody is crazy about, supermodel uh, Cara Delevingne. Like, give me a break. The the camera. Anytime I'm watching a football game with my husband, if there's somebody famous in the audience or the stands or whatever you call it, the camera finds them. And especially that's true on Super Bowl Sunday. Because think of all the celebrities that go to these games. The camera's going to find Matthew McConaughey and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Willie Nelson or whoever. Like, that's because it is show business. Wouldn't you rather see a shot of her than the owner of a team who was, I don't know, maybe caught at a massage parlor doing inappropriate things? I hate it when they show the owners because half of the time they're just grumpy old SOBs. I would rather see, you know, the Kelsey family. I'd rather see Taylor Swift. I just I don't see, people see have a why. Good time. I mean, that's the bottom line. They should be having a good yeah. time and we should be yeah. able to see it. The number of people that are hating on Taylor Swift, if they would just spend a fraction of that energy on flossing, everyone's life would be better. Just think about that. Why don't you? I mean, what? Why do you want to fill your heart with hate for something that is so benign? <laughs> Straight ahead. And speaking of that, the four things you're doing that are making you a miserable person. And, and by the way, I know this is the Monday Night Football theme. If somebody complains that the Super Bowl is not on a Monday, but I'm playing the music anyhow because it's football related. So there. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by Easy Cater? Order food for your work at easycater.com. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. I can't believe this. Okay, get ready because these are the four things that we're all doing that's making us unhappier than 99.9% of the rest of the people. Okay? Because a lot of us think that the stuff that will make us happy is like money or success or being really great looking or popular or whatever. And, you know, very few, um, very few times do those things succeed in making an unhappy person happy. But here are the four habits that are making you so much more miserable than other people. Number one, judging your emotions. Because emotions aren't good or bad. They're just how you feel. Like anxiety isn't bad. Um, Anger isn't bad unless you use it to be violent to somebody else. Grief isn't bad. Um, You have no control over these things, right? So that's why you don't have moral judgments on them. It's not against the rules to be angry. It's against the rules to use your anger to act aggressively. So judging yourself for something you can't control sets you up for suffering. When you judge yourself for being sad, now you feel guilty for being sad. When you judge yourself for being anxious, now you feel guilty and for being anxious and angry at yourself. Why can't you be like other people? Right. Um, Okay. And it says, it says here that in order to break that cycle, You have to be as compassionate to yourself as you would be to someone that you care about. Like if Max were spiraling right now with anxiety, you wouldn't be like, snap out of it, you big fool. You'd be like, well, (laughs) let's talk that. Let's talk about that. 
But inside your head, that voice inside your head is going to snap out of it. You're such a baby. You're so dramatic. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the first bad habit. The second bad habit, and this is really important, unrealistic expectations, not just for yourself, but for everybody else. Like, yeah, you did something around the house. You cleaned the garage. And you're expecting to be praised for it. And your yeah. person, your life partner comes home and maybe they don't even notice it because they got their own stuff going on. Or maybe they go, wow, the garage looks great. But what you wanted was a big production. Now your expectations have not been met. So now you're angry and resentful. Right. And it's not you're your fault because you were on your hands and knees cleaning that cleaning that uh, mm. floor in the garage. Mm. And that took you mm. like two hours <laughs> when you could have been doing <laughs> anything else. You could have been going to the golf course. Mm -hmm. But no, you went there and you got in your hands and knees and then you backed your car out so that a person could not miss that that was a clean floor that she put in and paid for in your garage. But she walks right by it and says, nice. And that's it. Mm -hmm, exactly. This is why we have to manage our expectations. Here's the third bad habit. Constant, chronic worrying about the future. You're worrying about things that might happen, but haven't happened, but could happen potentially. All you do is worry about the future. Your imagination makes all these worst case scenarios. You feel helpless and you worry. But guess what happens? While you're worried about the future, that worry is robbing you blind of the present. You look up I, one day I, I, and you I probably realize, suffer with that more than anything yeah. else in the world. I, I, that is probably the worst thing that I play in my head. It's yeah, terrible. that you're just, you've I'm given up today to. worrying yeah. about tomorrow. And a lot of the things yeah. that you worried about never happened. Like they just never happened because you were making them up in your head as you went. And the fourth thing that is making you more miserable than 99% of the people is endless seeking of reassurance. It's so self-defeating. Wow. Yeah. Um, you've had something awkward happen. So you, you text somebody or you talk to somebody about it and you want to be reassured, right? Um, you have that sick feeling so you go to your uh, closest friend, or your life partner, and you want them to reassure you. There's nothing wrong with being with wanting reassurance according to this. The problem is, is when your immediate response to something difficult is to go to somebody else to be reassured, it totally sabotages you because you lose the ability to manage your feelings on your own and you end up creating this like really toxic dependency, which leads to resentment and conflict in your most important relationships because people see you coming and they're like, oh, what today? What now? What I is don't have today? that. I don't have that. Do you ever problem. have a good day? Do you I ever don't have that problem. get through it? Here's why. I work in radio and I have most of my life. If you think that I have just breezed through life with great reassurance from uh, the people controlling, you know, my destiny. That has never been the case or very seldom oh, the, been the uh, case. You get the opposite. You get the, opposite the opposite very often. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. You got to be, you know, you just have to be tough. Hang in there. If you believe in yourself, you know, that's your best armor. So listen, we're going to post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. 
I mean, there's no perfect recipe for being a little happier, but you could start by getting rid of one or maybe all of these and working on them at least. It's Bob and Cherry. Yep. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Cherry app. I was reading about a new fashion trend, and I just think sometimes these designers do these things just because they've got to change the buying habits of people. Some people exactly. are now wearing, and I'm talking about grown-up men, shorts in the winter. They're ditching long pants and have legs showing all year long. U.S. rapper Tyler the Created, the Creator, recently donned white mid-thigh tight shorts in the middle in the middle of January. There's an Irish designer whose name is Robin Lynch, no relation, came out with a winter collection that included sport shorts. So like a regular shirt, a jacket, maybe white sneakers and sport shorts that I'm looking at right now that are about five inches above the knee. Now, if you are, if you are a male and you are 14 years old, you somehow have something within your body that makes it okay to wear shorts when it's 14 degrees below zero. I don't know what it is, but boys that age, they can do it. But grown men, I mean, can you picture Lamar walking into a restaurant wearing a sport jacket, a shirt, shoes and socks, and coach's shorts? (laughs) Designer coach's shorts. I don't know about Lamar. Yeah, my husband wears shorts all year round. Now, he's not going to wear them to your wedding or out to dinner. But, yeah, he wears shorts all year round. I will will wear shorts and a a long-sleeve shirt in a minute. I will yeah. in a minute. In the winter? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a minute. Yeah. Suppose you can't wear pants now. Because he can't get yeah, them over his Suppose you leg. lived in yeah. Boston, somewhere like Boston or New oh, York. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got to be comfortable. It's got to be comfortable. Like right, if it's 50 right. degrees, 45 degrees or something okay. like that. All right. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll put on I like a long it. sleeve, whatever, and shorts. But nothing crazy. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Well, you, no, you're going to be going crazy. pantsless before too long. I can Bob, just tell. You know. my brother-in-law, Jay, mm-hmm. in um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Ubers, yeah. you know, cool. no shorts and Birkenstocks without socks like in Can't February Cannot getting see his total Jason Kelsey on yeah. all year yeah. round it's, yeah. it's coming your way it's Bob and Sherry use the talk back, feature talk back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message oh this is going to be so interesting because y'all are going to tell us the truth about how your man minds work are you ready here we go ready so apparently there are Three little tiny things that you can do to make a man crave a deep, lasting, emotional bond with you. So if you're single and you're like uh, maybe just starting to see someone, you could incorporate some of these things. Or let's say you've been in the relationship for a while and you're feeling like you're kind of floating disconnected. You could try doing these things to activate his man brain and make him crave that deep emotional bond. Are we ready? Number right. one, chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, zip ties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Number three, soundproofed basement. (laughs) Those are the three ways to get the man to your house. No, here's the three ways to make the man crave the emotional bond. Now, as men, you know, because y'all are, um, tell me if you agree, um, cultivate mutual respect. In other words, respect them the way you want to be respected. Show them the kind of respect that you believe you deserve. Listen eagerly to what they want to say about their life, about their background, about their family or their friends. Listen to them the way you would like to be listened to. Because when they trust you and they feel secure with their, you know, sharing their emotional reality and even their secrets with you, they feel more protected and they will crave that deep emotional bond. So Mm. has that been your experience as the men's? Doesn't that work exactly both ways? It does. Yeah. I mean, well, you're not going to, you're not, I mean, if you are, if you're trying to show a person um, the way you would like to be treated by treating them that way and they respond by being a complete bag ODs. Yeah. That relationship is not going to go the distance. (laughs) It it works unless that person doesn't feel they're worthy of that. And that's a problem. Yeah. That's super true too. Here's another one um, that apparently men enjoy, which I'm, I was a little bit surprised by. Um, be present as often as you can. Not just like, like I'm here for you, but no, be around them regularly because men learn how to build an emotional connection with a person using their senses, sight, sound, smell, and touch. Um, you have to like, I, I mean, I don't think, this makes y'all sound a little simple, um, but in order well, to get a man no, to crave yeah, that bond, <laughs> sure, you've got to be around. I had somebody who tried to do that by way of stalking, and that really didn't work out very well. So, Yeah, I agree. It's a little too much. Um, it's That one, I don't know, man, that one surprised me a little bit because, mm. and it may be, I mean, I'm just used to, like, I'm used to Kevin who, you know, I mean, it's not that a little bit of me goes a long way. A medium amount of me kind of gets the job done. (laughs) I know from which you speak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm better off. I'm better in small doses. Small doses. Yeah, well, because you know why, Lamar? Because we take up a lot of the room. We do. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. We're we're just, we're animated and we're talky-talky and, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, now yeah, here's the next thing. Um, you, we, we have said that, you know, you want to encourage the man to open up to you, but you have to open up more and you have to accept their support courteous, courteously, even if what the, the level of support they're trying to offer doesn't, isn't really like your love language. Um, like they're trying to fix something or whatever, you have to, if you want this man to crave that deep emotional bond, you have to um, graciously accept the kind of support that they're able to or, or only know how to give. And that sounds crazy, but, you know, in a lot of ways, I agree with that. Like, we all have a kind of way that we best love to be loved, our love language. Yes. But your partner has a lot of ways to show you how they care about you. And if you close down everything but your preferred one, isn't that sort of toxic? 
It, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, you have be. to you have to recognize the effort and and appreciate it and express your appreciation. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know what what's Carla's love language, Lamar. Uh, hers is acts of service. Okay, so if all you if you were like, um, here I bought you this, and what she really wants you to do is thoughtfully help like thoughtfully do something for her like bring her a cup of tea or remember that she's got a prescription or whatever right but all you do is give her earrings and when she says these are beautiful earrings but i wish that you would blah 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 and you go well that's just who i am (laughs) yeah yeah you can't you've sort of got to recognize that And, and i think both people have to try to know what the other ones is and maybe they don't match up or whatever but you at least need to know it and and you have to give them what they need as as much as you're giving them what you want because we tend to love other people the way we ourselves need to be loved loved. that's exactly yeah Yeah. we're gonna take you down the rabbit hole next oh my gosh this is like hair on the back of your neck awesome don't miss it straight ahead bob and sherry just in time for love month at the bob and sherry store we have plush animals wearing a bob and sherry caricature shirt we have bunnies Bears, jaguars, lions, and pandas, oh my! If you'd like to pick up one for the love in your life, or you want to get one for yourself, all you have to do is go on over to the Bob and Sherry store, conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Bob and Sherry, go! I don't know why the elves in the YouTube algorithm sent this our way, but they did, and we're so glad because... This is awesome. Um, if you love acapella singing, and, and how do you not like pentatonics, right? I mean, okay, maybe oh, you yeah. weren't the biggest fan of Glee or the movie Pitch Perfect. But you have to agree that really great acapella singing is like borderline magic, don't you think, Lamar? Oh, like I love the- it. I, lo- I, I loved, I loved, uh, well, I watched Glee, and I, and I love the, uh, the movie, too, the uh, Pitch Perfect. I just think it's yeah. great. I think it's great because you can't hide. You cannot hide behind any instruments or anything else. It's there. Well, wait till you hear the harmonies on this. This acapella group Uh, is called the Buzz Tones. And they are about to take this classic song and just absolutely rock it. Here we go. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid No, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Oh, to the sea. 
They work at the Home Depot. I mean, they're just regular-looking guys. I mean, it's just oh, oh wow, that was amazing. I want to listen a little. Can we listen a little bit more? Can we, can we? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's why I was like, thank you, YouTube algorithm, for this. I don't know what I did to deserve it. The first time I played it, I felt like someone had poured a vat of warm honey all over me. Come on and say, come on and say, come on and say, that is nothing but the human voice. And think, listen to the depth of all these different levels and layers. Hey, Max, remember when you told me that you didn't believe that I could never learn to sing? I bet you're rethinking that now, huh? A little bit. Little time bit. I can tell you from having sung in choir and then done some things on stage, I'm not a great singer. But when you're singing with somebody and you sing harmony and you're standing next to them, that is an amazing feeling. I mean, goose bumps. We're going to post this right now to the Bob and Sherry Facebook because whatever kind of day you're having, that's only going to make it better. It's Bob and Sherry. It's love month on Bob and Sherry. That's true. But even so, some of us are blue. Bob and Sherry have a way to take the blues away with a celebration just for you. It's a box with socks that are cozy. They're sure to warm up your teeny little toesies. A mask that will calm and moisturize your skin. And the Bob and Sherry swag you've been dying to win. We also include some scone goddess scones, which will take the sting out of being alone. We've included delicious Maine Needham's, those cute little candies. With your free Netflix gift card, you'll definitely want them handy. 
It's a me party from the Scone Goddess, Mae Needham's, and the Bob and Sherry Show. We're picking a winner every day, so come on, don't be slow. You can register now for the Bob and Sherry Me Party package on the contest page at bobandsherry.com. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Let's get a little tiny bit mushy here. I don't know how many of us write love letters anymore. I mean, in a world where we express ourselves in text and Snapchat, the old handwritten love letter is kind of tough. And Probably greeting, not enough. The greeting card industry is short-circuited that, too, because you just buy a card that kind of says you hope what you're feeling in your heart and you sign your name to it, right? But I have what may be the greatest love letter ever written um, from a man to a woman, and it was written by Johnny Cash, the late great man in black, to his wife, June Carter Cash. And the letter was written on June 23rd, 1994 from Denmark. You want to hear it? It's not very long. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was June's birthday. Johnny writes, happy birthday, princess. We get old and get used to each other. We think alike. We read each other's minds. We know what the other wants without asking. Sometimes we irritate each other a little bit. Maybe sometimes take each other for granted. But once in a while, like today... I meditate on it, and I realize how lucky I am to share my life with the greatest woman I ever met. You still fascinate and inspire me. You influence me for the better. You're the object of my desire, the number one earthly reason for my existence. I love you very much. Happy birthday, Princess John. That's beautiful. He was very, very lucky to have found her. I don't think he would be alive all those years if she had not come into his life. And that's not just from seeing that movie. Everybody has said that, that knew the two of them for years and years. I heard somebody say once, if Elvis Presley had a June Carter, and this is nothing against Priscilla, but if Elvis Presley had a Priscilla, had a uh, June Carter, he would have lived a lot longer. She really took care of that guy. It takes more than taking care of and being a steadying force. There's that other um, something that mysterious, ineffable something. Oh, yeah. The attraction was obviously there. You know, that it was connection there. of souls or whatever. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, let, let's just say the movie was fairly true. Okay. So he's married to this lovely woman and they have a couple of children together. And uh, she was, I think, single after having left a husband. And she and Johnny Cash get together. And it's this love story that to the, today, you know, we're looking at and saying, isn't that amazing? You do f- kind of feel sorry for the first wife because she seemed to be a nice person, but they just couldn't connect like he could connect with June Carter. That's why that's what I'm saying, that it's more than just a laundry list of sterling character traits. There's a spe- there's something um, that happens. And if you don't believe in transcendence, you might call it chemical. But what do you what do you do when you've pledged your life to another, and all of a sudden it's sad, some, to, belong it's sa- to, it's sad to belong to someone else when the right one comes along? Thank you, England Dan and John Farcoli. Um It's a tough, tough thing because you have children, and their lives will be affected by it. I mean, there's no easy answer. Um, you, it wouldn't be right to say, well, you know, you, you risk everything for love. I mean, I think that's not for anybody to dictate. 
And I would not Is ever, it selfish? I would not want to be in that situation. Is that selfish? Ultimately? You'd almost have to say it is. And I'm not raining on the, the beautiful parade of uh, June Carter and Johnny Cash, but you would almost have to say it is. I, I You know, it is, and yet um, I don't think you do anybody any favors by making a martyr of yourself. I don't no. think you do the other person any favors. I don't think you do. I don't think you do the world any it's favors. It's, it's one of the hardest things, especially if that other person still is in love with you. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's the worst. That whole unrequited thing. Yeah. Yeah. If the person is, if the person is a miserable <laughs> pain in the neck, it's a lot easier to say, well, I just found the love of my life and I'm getting rid of this. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. I think that if you, if you don't have it and then you find it, I think it's so consuming that you you can't do anything but follow it. You no, know, it's like a narcotic almost. You know, the the only time people haven't followed that is in the book, The Bridges of Madison County. And that ended, you know, with everybody dying heartbroken. Poorly, so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I did not expect to have that kind of love in my life. I had given up on it. And when it hit me, it was like being run over by a train. And luckily, I was in a position to follow it. You know, I was divorced and on my own and was free to do whatever, but it would have been a hot, bloody mess if I hadn't been free. When you were run over by that train, did you hear that train a-coming? I did. Coming around the bend. (laughs) And and you know what? This is the thing about that kind of love. I heard that train a-coming, and I went and stood in the middle of the track. Right. I always was amazed that she wrote this song. I don't know why. She wasn't taken seriously by the Carter family as the best musician, and she wrote one of the greatest country songs of all time. If you listen to the lyrics of this song, I believe a woman wrote this song. Yeah. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but... These movies are going to turn 25 this year. Oh, like the Green no. Mile. Oh, the Green wow. Mile. Which, if you've never watched it, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what else is turning 25? And I have a special lump in my throat here because I'm a big fan of the star of this movie. And we will never have him again. Oh. And that's Bruce Willis. And the movie is The Sixth Sense. Turns 25 this year. I was telling um, I was telling the guys that uh, Kevin and I watched the last half of Pulp Fiction. We're watching a lot of movies yeah. since Poor Things Immobilized. And um, Bruce, watching Bruce Willis on the screen, you're like, oh god, there was nobody like. I mean, there really no. was nobody like him. No. He was his own no. thing. It was. It was tremendous. The Matrix turns 25 this year, and so does Toy Story 2 and Fight Club is now 25. One of wow. our collective favorite movies, Office Space, oh, turned wow. 25. Ah. Yeah. That guy Livingston that, that starred in that, he looks exactly the same. It's like he hasn't aged. I saw him on some promo for a TV show that he's in. It, he, is, he has looked that way since I think probably his teenage years. Um, Cruel Intentions, American Pie Lamar turns 25 this year. Right? Shock and awe.
Um, the Iron Giant, Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. I have to remind you, I do believe that's the one with Jar Jar Binks. I think it is. Yeah, that was the first, the first yeah. one after that. Yeah, that they came back. Yeah, Election, the amazing um, Reese Witherspoon movie where she plays Tracy Flick. Yeah. Shay, I'm gonna have to start asking you to stop. You're making me feel weird. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. This is the last one, and this was the one that gave me vertigo because I was like, "What? The Blair Witch Project turns twenty-five, and the Blair Witch uh, Project coincides with kind of like the dawn of the internet, which is how the movie was able to go viral, and people weren't sure if it was real or fiction or anything." Happy 25th birthday, Blair Witch Project. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.